Welcome to Fit Chicks Chat, the podcast dedicated to fitness, nutrition, and wellness tips. Right now, we have our fitness and nutrition expert certification starting. This is the only certification in North America that is an all-in-one certification, certifying you in group fitness, personal training, nutrition, and wellness coaching. If you're interested in getting started on your own health journey and getting certified today, make sure you look for more information at fitchicksacademy.com. Now on to today's episode. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Laura Jackson. I'm Amanda Quinn. And I'm excited today because we are going to be talking about five of the common reasons why your clients either their weight loss is stalled or they're not losing as much weight as they expected to. Now, of course, if you're not a coach yet, you can look at this through the lens of of your own nutrition and your own weight loss journey. But this is a conversation that I have a lot with our holistic nutrition weight loss coach um, students and grads is because you get a client, right? You're helping them on their weight loss journey. You're moving along and then suddenly it stalls or suddenly it's not working. And you think that something's gone wrong with your coaching or the client thinks that you're like, something's gone wrong with them. And really it's about taking a step back and analyzing, okay, what are some of the reasons that this might not be working and where are those shifts that we can make and what to look for? Mm -hmm. No. And I think it's so common. And I think the, the first thing I think that most clients do is that they look at and they're like, oh, the program's not working anymore, right? And then they kind of like usually externally look at that and say like, oh, it's it's the program or it's the coaching or I need some changes. And then they think it's that or then, and then they start looking internally and being like, or maybe it's me. And it's, but basically both of those, what those are doing is really just creating like either like shame or guilt or like frustration and all of these feelings around it when in all reality, they may not be necessary at all, those feelings, because the programs may actually be working. So I think it's just, well, yeah, and- it's looking at all of the different pieces that might be stalling it, that you could just tweak really easily without having to go through that whole tirade of like, is it me? Is it the program? Is it da da da? And feeling all this frustration. So I like this topic a lot because we're going to be talking. Oh, me too. And before we get into it, you know, I think it would, in the perfect world, we could all be neutral about weight loss right? In a perfect world, we could all look at weight loss without having any emotional response to it. So we could look at it. We could look at the data. We could be like, okay, this is working. This is not working. This is where we need to tweak. Yeah. This is, you know, okay, this is going slow today. But when I look at the big picture, it's speeding up, right? If we could look at it neutrally, it would take out so much resistance to weight loss, but we're human beings. And your clients are human beings and we have past diet histories and we have past, you know, programming about our bodies or beliefs about our bodies. So it is very challenging. So before we get into these, I just want for us to listen to this podcast and look at this podcast from a lens of neutrality. So trying to be as neutral as possible and just thinking about this as, you know, as a coach, I am like a scientist <laughs> and I'm just looking for facts. I'm looking for data that could help to support my goal. And that's right. it. And then, you know, obviously we'll talk <laughs> a little bit throughout it about the emotional side too, but just as we're listening to it, because 
it's very easy. And I've had clients personally that have told me things like, no, I'm doing everything to lose weight and it's not working. Like Mm -hmm. nothing is working. Totally. Right. And when we actually take a step back and go through, okay, what is everything? Let's go through listing out what is everything. Then you realize, okay, there are a lot of areas we could tweak in here. And again, without judgment, but just, okay, no, like when we take a step back, let's try to tweak. These are the areas I'd focus tweaking on. And, but as a client or as a person going through your weight loss journey, it can feel very emotional and exasperating and feeling like you are actually doing everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just sometimes the tiniest tweaks, which is why these common mistakes are really beneficial to know. So you can kind of, you know, start to look at whether it be your client's plan or your plan. These are some of the things that could be, could be stalling it. I think too, just to add to that before we jump into it, is that statement that you made of like, I'm doing everything. I feel like every single one of us, if you've ever been on a journey of weight loss or transformation in your own life, I feel like every single one of us has made that statement. Uh, yeah, me included. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> like, like truthfully, if we're really analyzing and being honest with ourselves, I think it's like, I know for me, I can say that truthfully 10 times over that I've said, oh, I'm doing everything, whether it even be, you know, obviously today we're talking about weight loss and transformation, but even in like life work, whatever, we, we always, we always make that statement. But then when we actually analyze it, it's like, is that a true statement? Right. And I think just really being honest about that and then looking at, yeah. okay, is there just these small little things that we can do to make those changes? And, and I think that that's why this is so important to look at this and listen to this podcast with neutrality, because it's like, we've all been there. We've all yeah. been in that same position. So there's no shame or guilt or like pointing fingers or anything. It's really just about looking at it and saying, okay, if we've all been there and we've all been there, done that, how can we move past that? Well, and when we're looking at a weight loss journey too, and a health journey, and this is something we teach in the Academy, it's from the mindset of this is not a destination. Like this is the rest of your life. So there's going to be seasons where you're not able to do things that maybe previously you could do on your weight loss journey, or there are seasons where there's more stress than there usually is. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at this as, okay, how can I include these things as well for the long term? And I just always think of it as like adding tools to your toolbox. You know, the more you know, and the more you start to understand this process, the less emotional you'll become about it because you're like, oh, I know now why this is happening. Right. And as you were saying, you know, when we have thoughts like everything, like I've done everything, that just creates a feeling of defeat. Right. And when we feel defeated, our actions are usually not in line with our weight loss goals. They're usually in line with, oh, put your, like, throw in the towel and go the opposite way and binge eat or, you know, completely just go off the program or, you know, a shame spiral where you're beating yourself up. And the result is you're not going to get, to the goal that you want. So mm-hmm. let's just acknowledge as soon as you start to like, this is a good thing. We're talking about this. If that statement comes out of your mouth, like, or thought pops into your mind, I've tried everything that is a red, that is a red flag to take a step back and be like, okay, let me just look at the facts before I get into that. Yeah. Cause it will send you into a direction you don't want to go into. Okay. So let's get into the five. 
Yeah. Now, these are just five common ones. There are more. There's a lot more. And we talk about this throughout um, our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Coach certification, which is starting on May 15th. So if you want to get certified, make sure you check out fitchicksacademy.com forward slash HWLC. We have our next group starting, like I said, on May 15th. So we talk a lot about um, sabotage and all these things. But the first common mistake that people make that could be selling your weight loss is that they actually are losing weight, but they're not realizing it. Mm -hmm. So this is where, like we were just saying, which kind of piggybacks off, we were saying, I'm trying everything. We get to this place where we think things are not working, but they actually are working and we don't even realize it yet. And it's so fascinating to me because this can be, you know, we all want fast results, right? It's the way we are as human beings. We want things to be easy. We want things to be feel good. We want things to be fast. We mm-hmm. want to put in the least amount of effort as possible. But the way that the body works, of course, is that we don't just lose weight linearly. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to, you know, follow this program for five days. And in five days, I will lose exactly X amount of weight, right? Or I've done this for three months. And I will, as of three months, if I lose a pound a week, I will lose 12 pounds, Mm -hmm. right? Because the body, of course, is an amazing machine and our weight will fluctuate by a few pounds, even every single day. Our weight can fluctuate up to four pounds a day, depending on water retention, as women, if we have our menstrual cycle, stress, if we've eaten more carbs than usual, like all of those things can contribute to your, the scale going up by four pounds, which is why we don't love the scale as a measurement, but everything can fluctuate day to day. So it's really important that when we're looking at weight loss and when we're looking at, you know, our journey and our results to that point is that we're not looking at it day to day because that we have to take a step back and look at, I always say, you know, track daily, look weekly and decide monthly. Because it's, we want to track what's happening day to day if we cannot and not get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Again, some people don't track at all and that's okay too. But if you're going to track daily, but then what will happen is it's like a, it's like looking at a chart, right? If you look just day to day, you're looking at that day's data, but as you plug it out after a week, you'll start to see a trend. And then when you look at the month, you're like, whoa, yeah, it went up a little bit, down a little bit, up a bit, down, 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 up a little bit, down, but the trend is going down. So that's where, to me, I always think, you know, a lot of times we are about to throw in the towel and we don't even know it actually is working because we haven't given it enough time to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely that. There's also the idea too that you know, if you're someone who is just starting to exercise and it's like this new thing for your body, you may be losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And so now what's how what's happening is you may see that the scale is staying exactly the same, but your body composition might be changing. But if you're not paying attention to that as a variable, if you're not even looking at that, you wouldn't even notice, right? You might, if you're only focused on what does that number on the scale look like? it's, it's going to just show you like maybe a flat or maybe even that you start gaining weight instead of losing. And like, if your goal is weight loss, you may start seeing it going up when you start working out, especially if you're doing strength training and things like that. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is happening? But it's really the composition of your body. If you're building sort of lean muscle mass and then 
So you may end up shrinking, but then getting heavier. So it's like, that's why, I mean, for me personally, I don't use the scale at all as a measurable. I don't, that's also because I, 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 I found that I was really obsessive with it and when I was younger. And so I made the decision that it just doesn't, it doesn't serve me. And so I don't use it as any sort of a measurable. I really just use the way that my body feels and the way that my clothes fit. And that's pretty much my measurables. <laughs> But yeah, and as a coach, and that's, you know, we, we talk about this in the certification and teach different measurements beyond the scale, because the scale and the number on the scale is a combination of your fat mass and your fat free mass, right, which is why it fluctuates so much as well, even if your fat mass is going down, but your water mass or muscle mass is going up, we have to find ways to be able to understand that composition. And Mm -hmm. It's also, so that's why too, having measurables, like whether it be body fat percentage or doing measurements, you know, some people, the weight's not changing, but you've lost two inches off your waist, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really having those different measurables too. And again, if the scale is, can be in there, but have it just be one of the measurables. Yeah. Because if we only use one thing to measure success by, especially something like that, that's so inaccurate then we are basically putting our, our feelings of success on this number. And then that also the feelings of success will go up and down as that number goes up and down. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I just always, I always think of it that way, like track daily, look weekly, and then decide monthly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. So that's a common mistake. Number one is that maybe you are losing and you're not even realizing it. So you're quitting while you have not seen the results yet. And this is something I always say too that, um, just to wrap that one up, but that happens to me. I feel like my body works on like a three week catch up. So however I'm acting right now, I'll see the results of that in three weeks. So for example, if I'm really focused on balancing my nutrition and if I do want to, let's say lose weight and I'm focused on certain habits, I will feel that in three weeks, even after two weeks, I start doing habits that aren't so in line with that. And same thing, if you know, if I'm eating lots of foods that I don't normally eat, or I'm not following my habits I normally follow, and I do that consistently for a period of time, I'll feel that three weeks later. Suddenly I'm like, what? I've been, you know, eating on plan this week. And then suddenly I feel like my pants are tight. I'm like, oh wait, that's because three weeks ago I went on a week long vacation and just went off the rails. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like that game, like your body, you have to remember everything you don't, it's not cause and effect. You don't have an instant reaction to what you're doing. I don't know if you remember this, but when we went away to the biggest loser ranch, um, in Utah years and years ago, but I still remember this so clearly because I remember when we were there. Um, so for everybody listening, we went to the biggest loser ranch and we decided to go there as kind of like an experiment to kind of see what it is that they were doing. And we also had a goal. Remember we, our target was we want to burn cause you work out for eight hours a day and it's insane. And we were doing so many different workouts and then you're only eating like 12 to 1500 calories. It's not a lot and it's not really sustainable in any way, but um, while we were there, we were like, okay, if we have to work out for this long, it's part of the program. Let's see. Our goal was to burn 3,500 calories a day. Do you remember that? So I was wearing my heart yeah. rate monitor. And so our goal was, how can we burn 3,500 calories, which is one pound every single day during these workouts? So we would like push ourselves and get through it. And we were so exhausted by the end of this week. And I remember when we did the weigh-in at the beginning, we did our weigh-in and it was whatever the weight was. And then when we did the weigh-in at the end, do you remember I left that room and I was so defeated because I was like, 
it says I'm the same. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what is happening? We burn 3,500 calories every single day for an entire week. And on top of that, all I've eaten is like salad and apples for like a week straight. I'm like, what is going on? And then I remember it was, um, I came home and my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, I, I was just like, yeah, it's crazy. Like nothing changed, whatever. And he's like, you look different though. And I was like, I don't feel any difference. I don't do And then I think it was about two weeks later, all of a sudden my body just dropped like seven pounds. It was like on the scale, seven pounds. And I was like, Whoa, what happened? And then he's like, Oh, it's just like the ketchup. Like it was, it was literally like he could see it, but I couldn't see it on the scale. And so I just share this with everyone. Cause it's like, it's so true. It's not, I burned 3,500 calories today. So therefore when I get on the scale tomorrow, it's going to be down a pound. Doesn't work that way at all. Yeah. And this is something as a coach, you know, you really have to make sure that your clients know because it is going to, if, you know, like we said, at the very beginning, they're not going to be looking at it neutrally. There will be some emotional attachment, not all clients, but some will be more than others. Some will be, can be completely neutral. I mean, we know people who track everything and it doesn't even phase them. Yeah. Right. Because everything's just data. Whereas others just don't track anything and just follow habits because they're too sensitive to those numbers. It brings up too many thoughts for them and it's too triggering. So it's just really also understanding. And this is where the education part comes in too, right? Of how you can really support your clients in knowing that this is the process that's going to happen. In different capacities uh, too, of how to, how to support them in those ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next common mistake And this is something, again, for those of us, including myself, who have said, but I've done everything and it's not working. You might not like this one, but you're just eating too many calories. Mm -hmm. So weight loss, one aspect of weight loss, of course, is energy balance, which is calories in versus calories out. So we have to be outputting more calories. If we're eating more calories than our body needs, we're going to gain weight, period. It doesn't matter whatever style of diet you're doing. If your hormones are in, or are imbalanced or imbalanced, if your digestion's off, all those things play into it. However, you will not lose weight if you're eating too many calories. Mm-hmm. And it is very easy to consume a lot of calories, especially if you're eating foods that are processed, packaged, refined, even if they're quote unquote health foods, right? I would say that, or also if you're eating out a lot. If you're eating out a lot, even if you are just eating at home, but your portions are too big of a, of a quote unquote healthy food, like a nutritionally dense food. Mm-hmm. If you're eating too much of that, that has too many calories in it, then your body needs, right? I still remember actually on that note, I remember your sister actually saying to me once, she's like, I never knew that I could actually gain weight eating Brussels sprouts, but I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I still remember when sis said that to me, cause I was like, uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's, it's, it was just like a funny statement. And we were just having a conversation, but it was just, she's like, yeah. Cause I mean, she got her nutrition really dialed in and really transformed her health. But I think it was, she didn't realize that, you know, yes, you can eat a lot more vegetables and a lot more fruits than like say pasta or something because the calorie and the density and the volume of it is totally different. But she was just eating and consuming so much more than what she actually needed. And also the way that she was dressing it, which is the other piece. Sorry to interrupt. Well, and that's just it because everything, calories are just units of energy and everything has energy in it, right? Whether it be, you know, full of vitamins and minerals 
or just be, you know, white bread, which really has no nutritional value to it. It's empty calories. It doesn't do anything to support the body. It just fills the stomach. So there is, it's just interesting because again, it's very easy for us to think, oh, but I'm doing everything and we're just consuming too many calories. It doesn't mean you're binge eating. It could be that you're just consuming even the calories you need to maintain your weight. So this is where, again, you know, not for everybody. And we teach this in our certification is how to track, right? So how do you calculate your weight loss macros? How do you understand how many proteins, carbs, and fats your client needs to consume? And then how they could track their food. Now, again, tracking is not for everybody, but if this is something that you suspect is happening, it could be interesting to do for a short period of time. So if, for example, your clients are like, I'm doing everything, nothing's working, you're saying, okay, would you mind tracking for me in an app like MyFitnessPal for three days or five days so I can get a real look at what's going on? And when you look at the numbers, a lot of times they're not realizing how much they're actually consuming. Because when you're thinking, oh, I'm having you know, a, a chicken salad with olive oil and bals- like balsamic vinaigrette with a ton of veggies in it, course, that's a nutritionally dense food. However, how many tablespoons of olive oil are on there? And if you realize, okay, wait, this salad is actually a thousand calories, Mm -hmm. right? And my goal, my body is I have to eat less than 1900 for me to be in a caloric deficit. And throughout the day I'm eating, you know, another 1200 I'm over, right? So it's just understanding that and ha- knowing that options are there to be able to track. It doesn't mean you have to track for the rest of your life, but it definitely can give you data as to what it is you're doing. And if you really want to make sure you're in a caloric deficit and you're new to nutrition, this is why we teach it in our course too, as an educational piece, because a lot of people have no concept of how much food they actually are eating a day. So it is a really good wake up call for you just to get, not a wake up call, I shouldn't say it like that, but for you to get get more intimate with your consumption and also understanding how many pro- protein, carbs, and fats you're consuming too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, and I think it's just, you know, as someone who is really opposed to tracking because it does trigger me, I know that there are certain things that you just, you have to, if you're not going to track it, at least find ways that you can like pay attention for a short window of time and be very mindful of it. Like I try to be very mindful of like, okay, I have eaten X, Y, and Z today or whatever. And then when I'm thinking about dinner, I'm like, okay, well, I've already had, you know, this in this, like in my diet today. So therefore my dinner is going to be consuming of just like a lean protein and veggies or something, right? Like I'll, I try to be mindful in that way, as opposed to just paying attention to the one meal, if that makes sense. Like, that's just something for me instead of tracking. I think of it from that lens and I'm just trying to be like, I, I take a reflection back on my day and be like, okay, what's next? If I haven't already planned my meals in advance. But this is the thing, again, what I was saying earlier about the idea of track daily, look weekly and decide monthly. If you look at your week, right? Because it doesn't matter again, what you're just doing one day, because if you could totally overeat in one day and then make up for it the rest of the week or vice versa. You could totally be quote unquote on plan all week. And then on the weekends, this is what we see with a lot of clients is they're suddenly consuming more foods they wouldn't consume during the week because it's the weekend and they're going out for dinner or, you know, maybe they drink more alcohol (laughs) or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. 
So it's looking at that. That's why I just do think when you're in a phase of first learning about your nutrition, again, if it really triggers you, don't do it. But it is so beneficial to be able to have an understanding and to go through that process, which is why too, one of our assignments for our students is to track their own macros for three days. And so many of them, they have to write a review on it and they're they're mind blown by what they discover, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, because a lot of times they're either eating, they might be eating too little. They could be eating a lot more and be in their weight loss goals. So I think too, a lot of them always get mind blown by the amount of protein they're only eating. Totally. That's like a big one that I think we hear from our students all the time is like the, the, um, the percentage of protein that they're actually having on a day-to-day basis when they consider that they think that they're already eating in a high protein diet. But this is the, this is a big thing guys is that, and especially for clients, because you can overeat on Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you can overeat on avocados. <laughs> you can have two, <laughs> if you are having too many calories, no matter what, you will not be reaching your weight loss goal. So that's something you have to look at. And again, when that's where amounts have to come in because one cup versus two cups is a totally different caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Number three, the common mistakes um, is that you're drinking too much alcohol or your clients are drinking too much alcohol. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, um, I personally in my own life did not realize was totally hindering my results until I went through a season of not drinking at all and how quickly I started losing weight and my body started changing. Because the thing is when it comes to alcohol, so alcohol is the fourth macronutrient. So macronutrients are essentially what provides energy to the body. So they all have a caloric value. So proteins are four grams, four calories per gram. Uh, Fats are nine calories per gram and carbohydrates are four calories per gram. So alcohol has seven calories per gram. So your body is taking in calories, but they're empty calories, which means they don't do anything to service our bodies. So for example, like proteins are the building blocks, carbohydrates give us energy, fats give us energy, but also balance our hormones. But alcohol, it's like, it's giving our body calories. So it's giving our body energy, but no other benefits. The only thing it actually does is it's a poison to our body. So our body has to clear it first before it clears anything else before. And the liver has over 500 functions. So to focus its energy on clearing alcohol is not good, especially if you have hormonal imbalances and your body's trying to clear those out or you're trying to lose weight. Um, So Alcohol not only is just adding more calories very easily to your day, but also it's that whole thing of having to clear it out first. Mm-hmm. No, and I so, know that it's, it is, it's literally one of those things that if your body has to focus all of its energy on this one task first, and especially even if you're like, but I just have like a glass of wine a night or things like that every single day, your body is or every night when you're sleeping or in the morning, but all your body's doing is processing that as opposed to processing your food or getting your blood sugars in balance or all of those things. It's literally spending its energy. It's consuming your energy to be able to process and get the poison out. And then you're just like refilling that cup over and over and over again. And again, there's no shame in this conversation. It's more just like a factual conversation of like, that's the function of what your body's going to be going through every single day. So if it's got to pour all of its energy into reducing or removing that poison, it doesn't have the energy to be able to then process all of the different foods and 
sugars and everything else that are going on in your body as well. That well, I wouldn't even say it's eliminate. energy. It's more like efficiency because your body always has to clear toxins first. True. Right. So it always has to prioritize getting toxins out of your body to keep you alive. Your body's always trying to work in your favor. So it's like, if you want to be clearing all these other things, it's like, it goes down on the list of priority. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Totally. And the other thing too, is it's very easy to add up those calories. One glass of wine, hundred to 150 calories. You have a glass of wine every night with dinner for seven nights or for 10 nights. That's, um, what is that? 10 nights is a thousand calories extra, mm-hmm. right? 10. I'm just saying 10 cause it's easy math. 15. Yeah. Uh, if it's 150 calories, 10 nights of wine in a row, that's 1500 calories extra. So 10 nights times that by three, that's 4,500 calories or by two, sorry, that's 3000 calories a month. That's a pound for one glass of wine. Right. And a lot of times too, is if we are having wine, just try to have the lower sugar wine. We always say, don't drink your calories. It's one of the easiest hacks to start on a weight loss journey, Mm -hmm. but it's just remembering that alcohol is adding to your caloric intake. And also it is adding to bloating, water retention, slowing down metabolism, as well as putting extra taxing on your liver. So, and also adding to bad decision-making if you're having too much wine and then you're like, let's eat all the snacks. I have nachos. Yeah, Yeah. of course I want to have these because all of a sudden you're like, your brain is not ready to make those decisions anymore. It's like, it's hindering your decision-making abilities. And so then you could be like, of course, of course, I want to stay up all night and eat nachos. And I mean, I'm talking from personal experience here, but it's like, yeah, that happens. I've been with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Laura and I are together talking about this from personal experiences. <laughs> like that's what, that's, what's going to happen, right? Like how many times are you like, oh, I've eaten on plan all day. You have maybe two or three glasses of wine and then you're like, oh, look at that cake in the fridge. And then you just yeah. take it out and eat it. Right. Because it's just, oh, we I did that recently at a birthday. It was, <laughs> we were sitting after the birthday at the table and there was an uh, orange ricotta olive oil cake. It was delicious, like homemade. And I had a, had a small piece and we were drinking wine talking and the cake was on the table and everyone just kind of kept on eating the cake before yeah. the next thing you knew it, the whole cake was gone. And it's like, what? We could have just had the cake, put it away. But because we were drinking wine and talking before, you know, it, the whole cake is gone. Just- yeah, it's it's so it's so easy for those decisions to be hindered when you've had even just one glass of wine. It does it makes it a little fuzzy. You're just kind of like, oh, it also I find it triggers a lot of like hunger hormones and stuff like that. And I don't know if that's it like, does. Actually, yes, I thought so, but I was just like, I didn't want to speak like factually, but I feel like for me, whenever I'm drinking alcohol, I could be like totally non hungry, and then all of a sudden I'm like a ravenous, crazy animal. And I'm like, I just want to eat everything in sight. And then it's like, and also you'll find the next day you'll be snackier too. Totally. Yeah. You just want to eat like, and you want to eat stuff that is like high carbohydrates, high sugars to like get instant boosts of energy, especially if you're hungover and all these things. It's just, it's just gets messy. (laughs) Let's just say it just gets messy. And you get down to like, it's, it can hinder so many other things along the line. It's not just that one glass of wine. It's just like everything else that it does too. Again, no shame, just facts. But as a coach, it's something you want to be looking at too on your client's plan. How much alcohol are they consuming? Yeah. Um, 
And again, as coaches, we're not there to tell people what to do. We're there to guide and build a relationship and do this with them. And also long-term weight loss is a lifestyle. So if alcohol is something they want to keep in their life, that's totally fine. But we have to be honest about it and the consumption and then also understand, is that putting us into too many calories as well? Um, So number four is that common mistakes that are hindering your weight loss is you're not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. So this is a really, really big one, um, especially because stress and sleep go very hand in hand, right? Our body replenishes and repairs while we sleep. And when we don't have good sleep, not only is it not a, we're not able to balance our cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone, but also we end up our ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone gets totally out of whack on lack of sleep. So that's why too, when you're not sleeping, a lot of times you'll feel a lot more hungrier. Mm-hmm. And also because you're tired and your body thinks, okay, your blood sugar starts to get up wacky and thinks, oh, I need more food to give me a boost. So it kind of becomes this really bad game. I know a lot of people really struggle with sleep, um, especially in today's world because we're so stressed out. So looking at your sleep and your client's sleep, ideally you want between seven to nine hours for a lot of people that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can, like really, I heard something the other day and I loved it because it was saying how everyone's so focused on these morning routines, right? right? Like so focused on, I get up at 5 a.m. and I do this, I meditate and then I have my green smoothie and then I you know, work for two hours before the kids get up and all this stuff. And everyone celebrates people with morning routines, but no one celebrates people for going to bed early. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, we got to start this movement of celebrating going to bed early. Like I'm starting to try to, cause I, it's like my body rebels going to bed. I love sleep more than anything, but I like nine o'clock. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go to bed at nine o'clock. And the next thing you know, it's like 1130 and I'm still doing stuff. And I'm like, what is happening here? So it's the idea of setting a bedtime routine, celebrating yourself for going to bed early, making seven to nine hours the cool thing. Like, it's cool that I got nine hours of sleep last night. Like, I'm amazing, right? (laughs) Because it's so important, not just to your weight loss, but to your overall health. Well, if you think about it too, like, I don't know about you, but even like with my, my daughter, you know, if she doesn't get a minimum of 10 hours sleep, I feel like... I feel bad. Like, I feel like I've not set her up for success for her day. She likes, she generally operates really well at like 11 hours sleep, but is a minimum of 10, anything less than 10. And I feel like I haven't set her up for success. So when you think about it from that lens, if you know, um, if you're so like for anyone who's maybe a parent, if you're so concerned about like your child's sleep and their well-being, you have to put that same into yourself, right? Like you have to put that same thought process into like, am I setting myself up for success? And if you're not um, a parent, like you can still think of it from that same lens. I'm just sharing my experience, but I do think of it that way. I do think of it as like, okay, if I'm only getting five hours sleep, like, am I setting myself up? And I've actually started now, like I do have a preference of getting up early and doing my workout before starting my day and all those kinds of things. However, what I've actually started doing now is on days when I'm just really tired. The other day I was like, I don't know what it was. I was just really tired. And I was like, my body just needs sleep. So I set my alarm for a later time. And I didn't even, I brought my daughter to school like an hour late. Cause I was like, I just don't want to get up right now and get her ready. And I was like, we all just need some sleep and we're just going to sleep some more. And just making those kinds of just when available, obviously, you know, if you have the flexibility, but when you, when available, it's like, 
maybe it's not that, but maybe it's just, I normally work out in the morning, but my body is telling me I need sleep and you should prioritize sleep over anything else, in my opinion. Well, completely, because it affects everything. And then it's, it kind of becomes a building block, right? When you have sleep, when you didn't get enough sleep one day and then you, you're playing catch up and then you don't get, it just snowballs into this bigger thing. And then again, you're more snacky, which leads to overeating. You're more cranky. You're less likely to do your workouts. So everything contributes. And also I think sleep is one of the most effective stress management tools. You know, everyone talks a lot about meditation and journaling and, you know, nature walks and all of those things are incredible for stress and can help with your sleep, right? Because usually when we're stressed, we don't sleep. Mm -hmm. But to me, sleep is the ultimate rest and recovery, right? It's the ultimate way for your body to recover. Our muscles replenish in bed, like muscles are built in the bed. Um, our hormones rebalance, even mentally, right? That's when we allow ourselves to process a lot of stuff that we're not processing during the day. So Mm -hmm. it really, really is important. And especially for your clients. And if you have a weight loss goal. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap this up with number five. This is a big one. Trigger warning. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the most common mistakes, um, that your clients could be making, or you could be making that is the reason you're not hitting your weight loss goals or they're stalling is that you're inconsistent. Yeah. So by me saying inconsistent, again, some people can get their backup, but I want us to go back to the beginning of this conversation where we're just taking everything as neutral and looking at the facts. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the facts of, and again, which is why tracking gives us data. So again, numbers don't need to mean anything like tracking just gives us data. If we look at what days were you actually following your plan? What days did you actually work out versus what days you intended to? Because it's interesting. There's this whole thing. And you and I talked about this even to do with work. It's like the hours you actually work versus the hours you spend thinking about work are two different things. Mm -hmm. But when we're thinking about work, it feels like we're working. Right. Because we're thinking about it, even though we're not doing any actual work. So then that's where the whole thing of I'm working all the time. I'm doing this all the time. So when you're spending all this effort thinking about your weight loss, thinking about your weight loss plan, but you're not doing the things or you're skipping or you're start and stop, follow it for a week, don't do it for a week, on it for a month, off it for a month, these these things will add up. And one of the secrets to success is consistency. It's not perfection. It's not being over calories one day and, you know, then being perfect every single day on your plan after that. It's the idea of being consistent with your efforts, because like I said earlier, it's like a graph, right? The graph is going to kind of suddenly you're going to see these little shifts in the direction that you want, the more consistent you are. Mm -hmm. So if you are not losing weight or your clients are not hitting their goals, you have to look at how consistent they've been, which is why, again, you know, accountability. Um, you know, we, we have our done for you programs in our holistic nutrition, weight loss coach certification for our students to use with their clients. And one of the huge pieces is their accountability forms, um, to share every week what they've been doing. So you can see what's going on. Cause if you can't see, you can't help them make tweaks. And I think too, like what we talked about earlier, the consistency that a lot of people struggle with is that they're consistent during the week like Monday to Friday. And then as soon as Friday hits, they're like, it's the weekend. 
I deserve it. They have this, the mentality of like, I've earned this, I deserve it or that kind of thing. And it's, it's replacing those thoughts though, with the idea of this is not like, this is not a task where you deserve a reward at the end. This is just, this is your lifestyle and replacing that is challenging. It's not going to happen overnight, but when you do start to replace those thoughts with this is just who I am. And consistently on the weekends, I still eat my vegetables and I still drink my water and I still move my body in ways that serves me. And I still do these things. And I stay on plan because of the bigger picture down the line of what I'm trying to reach. That's when I think the magic happens, right? Rather than thinking of it as, okay, I've done this for five days in a row. I've been so good. I deserve to take the weekend off and just go all out because then what what's going to happen is it's going to oftentimes eliminate the effort. So then the inconsistency is what's causing you to go that like 10 steps forward, 10 steps backwards, 10 steps forward, 10 steps backwards. And that's where the frustration lies because then you're like, why too having a coach is so wonderful. And for coaches, what you do is so wonderful because part of that is creating consistency for your clients while they're creating the habits. We don't Mm -hmm. create habits overnight, right? Habits become habits by repetition. And that's where a coach comes in is to help to continually implement that consistency. So eventually it becomes a habit and then it's easy for life, right? Mm -hmm. Because it becomes who you are. So those are our five common mistakes for our podcast today. If your weight loss is stalling or if you're not getting to your goals, these are five kind of things to look at. And there's quite a a lot of other things, but these are five things that you can look at to see, okay, are these things, where are we at with all of these, right? And are there any tweaks that I can make? Now, of course, we dive deeper into this in our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Coach Certification. We have it starting May 15th. And we also have our Holistic Weight Loss Coach Week, which is our free week leading up to certification starting, where you can come and dive in and learn more about these amazing coaching tools and what is holistic weight loss coaching and start to really understand this at a deeper level. So you can go to fitchicksacademy.com forward slash coach week to get your free ticket. We start May 3rd and then our certification starts on May 15th. So make sure to check it out. We hope to see you there. Okay, everybody have an amazing day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.